Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the one-to-one career conversation podcast. This week we're meeting with Anna Harris. Anna is currently the global expansion director for Profit Room, who are a hospitality software and technology provider. Anna has also worked on a wide range of industries from in-home technology, sales, consultancy, government relations, and all over the world too, from Mexico to Spain, Poland. Anna joined me from Poland over Zoom last week and we talked through a huge range of topics on today's conversation, from everything from hotel technology, working relationships, what hotels can do to drive direct business and also working abroad too. If you liked today's episode and you've got a spare two minutes, please do drop a review over on iTunes. That would be an amazing help. You can also connect with the podcast over on Instagram and Twitter at the one-to-one pod. And you can also find us on LinkedIn too by searching the one-to-one career conversation. Here's my conversation with Anna Harris. Hey, Anna, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you. How, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. We're recording this on Friday, so it's, uh, it's my favorite day of the week. <laughs> so you're the Global Expansion Director at Profit Room. And before we get started on your own career, let's talk about Profit Room. What, what was the company set up to do? Uh, so yeah, the company has been around for around 12 years. It's a Polish company, surprisingly, but we've been, um, been trying to, to get global for the last couple of years. And most of the uh, customers that we have, which are four and five star hotels, and also to create um, maybe a seamless reservation experience for the guests. So we have you know, a vast array of uh, products and, and services that help us work with our clients. I guess what's most important about Profit Room is that we've been very successful on the Polish market. You know, we have around 80% of the market share for four and five star hotels, independent hotels, because uh, we mostly uh, work with independent hotels. And so there, there's a huge appetite to, to kind of replicate that success in Europe and, and probably further, maybe in the States or, or Asia. And so right now we're very much focusing on the European countries. And yeah. That, that's why I, I actually joined to, to help the company go global. And then on the Profit Room website, I noticed that you had a live hotel industry barometer tracking interesting keywords, traffic, booking, surrounding COVID. So can you talk at something about those key findings that you've seen in that data? Yeah, absolutely. So we're sharing the data from our systems, from our clients, you know, from different European countries. And I think the the key finding uh, or key takeaway uh, for me is how bookings, uh, how quickly the bookings have bounced back, especially during the summer months uh, in Europe. We had actually a great four four months uh, on the books, the best in the company's history, surprisingly. Maybe key finding is that there's a huge increase in direct bookings. I guess we see that a lot of hot, uh, guests are kind of trying to, to find more information about, you know, safety measures being taken, and they want to uh, uh, do that on the hotel's websites. Uh, and obviously, the, the, the shorter booking window, uh, a lot of the people are waiting almost to the last minute to, to book their hotels. Uh, so so that's, that's been a trend as well. And I guess from, from maybe company's perspective, it also helps, helped us, you know, all those findings helped us to, to kind of come up with new innovative solutions. You know, one of the big headaches for the industry in the last few months were cancellations. So um, we kind of took it up on ourselves to solve that problem for our clients. And, you know, that kind of prompted us to, to come up with a solution of uh, redeemable online vouchers uh, to replace cancellations. So, yeah, I guess that, that will be the most important find, findings that we had so far. 
And then at Profit Room, you have a suite of products from a CRM to marketing to different channel managers. Mm -hmm. But one that really caught my eye was called the Web Assistant. Can you talk about this product? Sure. I guess it's <laughs> it's a relatively fresh product, but it's one of my favorites. It really it's basically like a template website. But the the most interesting thing about it is that you allow you kind of like as a hotel, you can create your own website in just under three minutes. The, the the kind of the template draws the information from the booking engine, populates the the website, and yeah, just like that, you uh, you can very easily have a refresh look and 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 kind of the new uh, a new portal for your clients. And you know, as a company, we actually created over one thousand websites for hotels around the globe, so we know very well the the kind of the customer journey, what the information they're looking for how how they spend their time on the website and based on those findings we were able to to create this this product and it's been very successful to be honest just because you know especially nowadays people are you know short on staff short on time and and then they can easily just kind of you know refresh and and their website and add a little bit more people to it fantastic so talking about your career and jumping back to 2008, you were a consultant at PwC and BBWA. Uh, can you talk about your consultancy roles there? Yeah, so I guess these were my first jobs. You know, I, I consider myself a salesperson, but I actually got my master's in finance. So those kind of global companies were a natural choice for a fresh graduate. And, you know, I had a chance to work for, the, for a bank in Spain, and then I moved to Mexico City. Uh, with PwC, I guess my you know first jobs trying to kind of you know find my way <laughs> in my career. Uh, I did enjoy them a lot, and actually after coming back home after a year and a half of or two years abroad, I decided to apply for like a big consultancy uh, company. And after numerous interviews, and it was a, you know my dream job at the time. After very, very numerous interviews, I, I got rejected. <laughs> and the main recruiter told me, Anna, unfortunately, I am not going to hire you, even though I could, because I feel like you should work with people. And just working in finance world is not going to make you happy. And I think that rejection kind of was a, you know, a turning point in my career, because then I decided to move into sales and, and, and kind of leave the finance world behind. And yeah. So, so here we are, and then after a few years of consultancy, of consultancy jobs, I, I, I do sales. <laughs> and then in 2010, you moved to International Media Association. What was involved in your role there? Oh, that was a, you know, a kind of like a dream job, I guess, because we, we were representing different international media outlets and helping them produce country reports and you know sponsor sections editorials advertorials and we were representing mostly for but also the new york times magazine so the company would you know send you to one of the emerging economies uh, jordan i don't know just so many different countries uh, we visited with them uh, what else was that the philippines south africa and we will land in a country to set up office and then from just knowing basically no one i had to find a way i had to find my way around to kind of speak to the key figures in the country that included government figures ceos of the biggest companies um, ministers etc 
so we had a small team of two or three and you know that was our main job get 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 the interviews in write the report based on on those findings and you know send it to the editors and get it published in, in uh, those media outlets so let's talk about those government uh, relationships and that was clearly one of your roles was cultivate and maintain relations in those countries and can you talk through some of the challenges and maybe opportunities of dealing with government relationships and how they maybe differ from the private sector yeah absolutely so i guess you know i don't want to get political but <laughs> maybe you can relate to it right nowadays with government i feel like you know very often you actually sit down with someone and you know you're not necessarily political views but you still have to maintain a professional relationship uh, so that's sometimes very difficult but yeah i mean obviously uh, there's the ways to go around it another thing that would come to mind is probably that um, comparing to the private sector when you deal with the government figures it's very important to have a little bit more of the, the personal report uh, before touching on business matters you know because with the private sector of generally brevity is important you want to get to the point right away get on with the business and and and, and finish with government figures i've noticed and you know that you have to put in the time to get to know the person better you talked about family hobbies etc uh, before actually uh, talking business so i guess that that will be the most important difference from my experience so far so after a few years at International Media Association, you, you moved mm -hmm. over to Regis as a general manager based in Warsaw, Poland. Mm -hmm. And one of your key responsibilities was networking at a senior level, building strong and successful relationships. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your strategies in doing that. Yeah, well, it's, you know, throughout my, uh, my, my different posts abroad, I actually learned a few techniques on on how to best engage with people and so we would attend a lot of networking events conferences you know kind of find people who know people <laughs> let's say uh, very often we would uh, start some programs with existing clients to kind of uh, count on recommendations and you know some kind of referral programs where existing clients or, or kind of partners recommend uh, business to you i think though the most important kind of think while doing that is to kind of you know establish trust and, and follow through on your commitments uh, if people see that you deliver what you promise they, they more more than often uh, come back to you or, or kind of recommend uh, others to, to kind of use your services and then after a few years you moved over to a smart home uh, product company mm -hmm. as head of sales and you led sales in two different regions. So I was wondering if you could talk about the company and then also what was involved in your specific role. Mm -hmm. So the company is named Fibaro. It's a Polish company that's present right now in over 100 countries. It's a manufacturer of smart home products. And one of my main responsibilities was uh, to introduce a relatively unknown brand to very competitive North American market. You know, there are so many well-known brands that you probably know from everyday life, like Nest, Ring, Amazon Alexa, Google Home, etc. So we are trying to, to make way, our way in there. Quite a, quite, quite a big success, to be honest. Uh, we actually were working with a few, few big players in the, in the North American market. We still are. I think the best part of that job was that I had to really... Well, I don't want to say crazy, but he was crazy, crazy boss, uh, who had you know, amazing ideas on a daily basis. Um, 
I mean, I remember one day he, he came to me and said, Anna, Apple is introducing a new uh, smartphone products. We have to be there and make it happen, you know? And then, you know, you just kind of laugh at him, but after two months, you are in Cupertino pitching to, to the buyer. So again, that, that company really taught me that, you know, impossible is nothing. It's, you know, you can just go for anything and just make it happen. So interestingly, do you have a favorite bit of home tech that you use all the time? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's maybe a boring one, but my favorite one is the wall plug. So that's basically like a small smart wall socket that, you know, you can just check on your phone if you turn up your iron, if you turn up your TV or straightener. So very easy to use, uh, but very useful. So that's the one way you control control the outlet from your yeah yeah mobile yeah, device, exactly. right? yeah yeah so tell me what's next in home automation and technology oh good question you know i i think like you know we're becoming more and more used to smart appliances we you know iot so internet things kind of took over our lives right now we have smart fridges we have smart thermostats you know smart kettles and I think what's next is that, you know, obviously those, those, all those uh, devices have to talk to each other. But what's more important is that they, as a kind of smart home develops, they're going to learn new patterns and you kind of what you're used to doing. So imagine that, you know, uh, every day at 7 p.m. you, you know, trying to make a tea, you sit down, watch some Netflix, you dim the lights. So actually the, the home of the future is gonna learn those patterns from you know um, patterns and, and do all those things for you. So at 7 p.m. you'll have the water boiling on its own, the lights are gonna dim, your Netflix is gonna turn on. And and that kind of scenarios are and and um are just gonna be happening without you ha like having to go to your app to, to start them. Kind of scary to be honest. Yeah, yeah. That, that is kind of scary. <laughs> but fine, at least. So now you hold the role of Global Expansion Director at Profit Room. Mm -hmm. So what's involved in your, your role today? Yeah, so I was brought in to really help the company go global, to grow international revenue. Uh, and I do it uh, by managing a team in, uh, you know, three different countries at the moment, uh, kind of a big network of resellers and referrals. So business is you know very fast paced and very innovative uh, so we constantly are changing kind of the way we approach the market and, and uh, how we work with our clients and my main kind of you know job is to make sure that as a company we're ready for for that expansion and for kind of the, the pace that we are growing at is so fast that we actually you know have to do a lot here at the hq to make sure we we can you know keep up with, with, with sales and, and where the company's going. So you, you briefly mentioned it, but so does Profit Room work with small independent hotels or independent hotels on their digital strategy? Do I, do I have that right? Yes, we do as well. Uh, I mean, our kind of, you know, uh, main clients are resorts and leisure hotels around the globe. And we help them, you know, with the digital strategy as well. Uh, so we can, you know, we provide the products such as booking engine, channel manager, CRM, but also services to, to kind of give them a full suite of, 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 of products and services to, 
so they can have like you know one-stop solution they don't have to deal with different providers they can just deal with one so what does your typical day at work look like and how has uh, covid impacted this Hmm, that's a lot of chaos. <laughs> I would say I have small, small kids at home, so you can imagine it's, you know, constantly running and, 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 and chasing and that work-life balance. But in terms of the, you know, how COVID has changed uh, the way we work, it hasn't really because uh, as a company, you know, we've been working remotely and my teams are based in other countries. So that's, that hasn't changed. I guess we just more appreciate the time we spend together in the office because right now it's not so, you know, it doesn't happen that often. And still, you know, the face-to-face -face interaction is, you know, very important because you can kind of brainstorm, bounce ideas of each other. It's always different when you can see the other person and kind of the emotions and, and reactions. I guess maybe the, the, the only thing that really changes our perspective kind of perception of, of, you know, in terms of recruitment, because I do a lot of, deal with a lot with recruitment as well. So, you know, we're always kind of stuck on, you know, hiring people who could come to the office so, you know, and, and kind of be here with us. Right now, you know, after the six months where we realized, you know, we just have to find the right talent. It doesn't, ma doesn't matter where the person lives, as long as it is she or he fits the company profile you know, we don't have to be together, you know, in the office anymore. We can just, you know, work remotely with the same success as we, uh, as we do when we are all together. So, so do you think that's the biggest thing that uh, COVID has had an impact on your, your work life, that your thought process around people don't need to be in the office anymore, they can be anywhere in the world? Is that probably the biggest mindset shift that you've gone through in the last six months? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think so. And then also from the employee's point of view, you know, the, we have a few of them that are thinking of moving, you know, to a, a warmer location to spend the winter uh, there. And they don't, they're not restricted by work anymore, you know, so they have that flexibility to, uh, I don't know, spend uh, winter in Spain or Costa Rica and, and not be afraid that they're going to lose their job because they can be you know, successful and, and, and committed to, to the daily duties as they are in at home right now, you know. So I think it gives a little bit more freedom to our employees and, and if they're happy, they obviously work better. So I, I assume that this is going to be a new norm a little bit. Obviously, the, the office time is also important, but um, it just kind of, you know, shift in, in understanding on, on how to best approach, you know, company's culture in terms of the, you know, where and how you work. So you're heavily involved in the travel industry today, dealing with hundreds and thousands of hotels all around the globe. So can you talk me through your thoughts on the recovery process from COVID? What's going to happen? Well, I, I wish I had a clear answer for you, you know. So we've had a really great few months, but right now all across Europe, we have a increasing number of cases, you know, so it's, there's still a lot of uncertainty for the many, for many markets uh, that we work in. But I guess, you know, this, the entire situation forced companies like Profit Room to be more innovative, to, to look for new sol solutions for their customers and, and kind of also the, the way we work with the customers, because obviously that, you know, didn't only affect you know us as a company but also the way we deal with our clients you know there's way more phone calls and and and, and uh, you know we can't just go and visit them as we would like to but the recovery process i guess we're going to be able maybe to say about 
after after the winter it's it's you know there's still a lot of uncertainty unfortunately so putting COVID aside for one moment there's always a push for hotels to drive direct bookings shifting mm-hmm. business from things like online travel agencies so what are your three top go-to strategies for any hotel that can drive direct business well sure so i guess maybe the first one would be have a clear easy to navigate mobile friendly website uh, and also it's very important that you know the, the booking element of it is, is continued guest experience because that's going to help you keep the clients you know on your website and, and click the book button second i would say guest engagement and loyalty uh, so guests need to feel valued for booking direct and returning with personal communication, you know, some incentive offers. So that's, you know, that's how you uh, keep them coming back. And then, and, and, you know, we just have to have the right technology, obviously, to, to be engaged with the guests. And I guess the third one would be, you know, some... Some hotels and resorts may be able to, to kind of provide the, the guests with some extra uh, seasonal offers, added value packages, experiences, gift vouchers. So if you provide those kind of um, services for your guests, put it out there, make, the, make sure they realize that they can get much more at your hotel, at your hotel than just, you know, a bed and breakfast because you know, if it put a lot of photos out there. So just make sure that they understand the, the value they're getting when they, they book with you. I'd love to talk about your different experiences in working in different countries and cultures. And you'd mentioned that you've worked in Mexico and also Spain. So I was wondering if you could talk about working in different cultures and what you experienced. Yeah, so I actually, to be honest with you, I was very lucky because, you know, I've worked in five different continents and, you know, with many different cultures. So I had to really quickly adjust, you know, to, to kind of uh, the way of doing business, you know, because it's totally different if you're sitting down with someone in the Middle East than if you're sitting down with someone maybe in Latin America. And you have to really be understanding of, of the way people want to talk about business, you know, and 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 you know, even minding the way you dress in some of the countries or just understanding that sometimes yes can mean no. And very often you, you kind of find yourself in funny situations where you, you know, you're, you're trying to get down to business and the person is kind of, but let's talk about your family. Let's talk about your hobbies. So really knowing different styles and, and, and kind of traditions in, in, in different countries. I, I guess, you know, just kind of being able to to do that for many, many years, you know, it's, it makes my jobs easier or easy right now because, you know, we obviously have clients from many different countries and I can very easily associate myself, you know, with what they're going through. And, and, and when we negotiate or when we uh, talk to them, it's much easier to kind of understand the, the way of thinking. So what would you say is the hardest part about living and working abroad? From, I guess, simple things like, you know, missing your, your family, missing your kind of, on you know, life goes on at your, at your home country. You know, there's weddings, uh, celebrations, etc. And you can miss, in that, uh, miss out on that. Another maybe uh, difficult thing I would say is that kind of safety. You know, I visited many emerging countries. So, I, so Colombia, uh, Mexico, or South Africa. So, you know, I have my personal kind of uh, 
safety ranking <laughs> where I actually judge the country by how easy or how, how, how safe I feel when I get into a taxi. <laughs> and, you know, some of those countries, you actually don't feel safe. You know, you, you, I had time when I was jogging in, in Johannesburg and, and three cars stopped by asking me what, like, don't do, please don't do it. It's not, it's not safe. So uh, that kind of, you know, sometimes just kind of takes away from the experience. And I guess what, what else you, you know, sometimes you just, you know, don't, don't particularly enjoy a particular city or particular country, and I bet you have to go through it. So you, you've had a career in consulting, you mentioned finance as well, worked at Regis, you've met with government officials, you've worked in home technology, and now in hospitality marketing. So what advice would you give to somebody wanting to pursue a career that's similar to you? I guess, you know, just be, be brave, don't be afraid to travel. I would say uh, try to get a job abroad, just to kind of get out of your comfort zone. Um, when you do go abroad, I think the, be, the, the biggest challenge is to kind of, you know, put down the roots because sometimes you feel like, okay, I'm just going to be here for a short period of time. And, and that kind of takes away also from, you know, getting to know the local people, making friends, etc. So. But I think the biggest advice I can give to anyone is just become you're like truly interested in other people, uh, talk to them, you know, and, and be open and frank and just, you know, try to, you know, just, I don't know what to say, like just make, you know, make friends. <laughs> uh, because I very often I find that, you know, that opens a lot of doors for you in the future because the network you create during those travels and, and assignments, is for for a lifetime now so you never know down the road you know who you're gonna meet like i never thought i would work in a hospitality industry and right now i'm coming back to a lot of the contacts i met through the years you know during other jobs and you know it's working out great for me fantastic so if i said you had an option to outline a perfect next 12 months what would happen well, I, I guess that's something that's on, uh, number one on uh, everybody's mind right now is the pandemic to be over. People will resume traveling ab abroad. You know, the industry will get back on its feet. Uh, so from from kind of career point of view, I guess that's, that's the most important for us. I mean, we're trying to expand internationally in very difficult conditions. So that would make my job much easier. And then, yeah, from the perfect 12 months for me as well, as my kids learn to fall asleep on their own and I don't have to spend hours <laughs> at bedtime reading stories. Yeah, I guess that's it. Then that would make me happy. Okay. All right. So I have some quick fire questions for you. When working with you, what are two behavioral qualities that others just have to show on a daily basis? Just, I guess, taking ownership of, of, of your work. So being independent and, and just kind of, you know, trying to find solutions to the kind of day-to-day -day problems. And the other one I would say is also brevity, be direct, you know, get to the point and, and let's uh, kind of, you know, don't sugarcoat things. Let's, let's address them. They are. Okay, yeah. And then, so those two. All right. And then what is one unacceptable behavior at work that you just do not tolerate? I guess not treating others with respect, you know, like, I mean, I am all for teamwork. We have amazing teams, uh, teams here and, you know, it only takes one bad person to, to really destroy the team spirit. So, yeah, I mean, just being respectful of others.
Okay, well, thank you so much for your insights, Anna. I've really enjoyed our conversation. We've covered everything from government affairs to hospitality <laughs> marketing. So it's been, a, it's been a fun half an hour. And what we'll do is we'll link your LinkedIn profile as well as, your, as, well as the link to Profit Rooms as well. So if people want to learn more about you or about Profit Rooms, then they can head over to the show notes and uh, click on those links and, and find all of that information. But thank you once again, Anna. Thank you so much, Chris. Thanks again for downloading and listening to the one-to-one career conversation podcast today with with Anna Harris. I thought two things that really struck out to me with our conversation with Anna today. The first one was her view on government and corporate relationships and how sometimes in government relationships it can be a lot of coffee and and building a relationship and getting to know the person whereas in the corporate side it was more uh, transactional and I thought if you were to ask me that it would probably be the other way around. The second thing that really struck me as I was speaking with her was she wasn't afraid to take chances. She has worked in many different industries, many different countries, and that showed to me someone that really went out and just experienced new things and wanted to just do the best that she can. She actually said that when I asked her about if she had any advice for people wanting to pursue careers such as hers, she said, get out and explore new things and don't be afraid and go and experience new cultures in the in the world. So I think she is living testament to her advice. So thank you again for downloading and listening to the conversation today. As I mentioned before, you can find us over on LinkedIn by searching the one-to-one career conversation podcast. You can also follow us over on Instagram and Twitter at the one-to-one pod. Again, please do let us know what you thought of today's conversation. You can do that through any of the social platforms or on iTunes reviews. As a reminder, this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, and probably anywhere else that you enjoy listening to podcasts. Hit subscribe to be notified of new episodes. We release them every Monday. Thanks for listening.